you know, I just, it felt like in that moment that our program felt like anything's possible. I was not afraid of that. I was more just like, I wanna win so bad. I wanna do so good. Like it didn't even cross my mind as much as I thought it would. Hello, my name is Aaron Wexler and welcome to another episode of Within the Game. Let's go. Within yes. The game. <laughs> Within the Game is all about how to treat your craft and your life like a game so you can stay inspired, have more fun and ultimately find fulfillment both in and out of your game. And it's my intention to inspire just one person out there by sharing the stories, mindsets and spirit of people that inspire me. And thank you to the listeners and fans of the show. If you'd like to support the show, a great way to do that is to grab a copy of my book, The Inspired Athlete, as well as share this episode with anyone you think would benefit from it. And if you could give the channel a like and subscribe, all those things really do help out. And also, please join the conversation by leaving a comment below if you're watching on YouTube or reach out to me on IG at Within the Game Podcast. And today's guest is the one and only London Weejay. London, thanks so much for being here. Of course. I'm so happy to be here today. Yes, me too. And uh, London, you're one of the current starting outside hitters for the USC volleyball team. You skipped your senior year uh, of high school to join the team at USC after dominating in high school and club, including back-to-back CIF championships with Bishop Alemany and a national championship with Munciana uh, Volleyball Club. Um, and you are also the co-founder of Barbaric, a clothing line that is all about expressing one's alter ego, which we will get into. And shout out to your parents, Indy and Morgan, who are good friends of mine. Um, and owners of Supernova Volleyball Club. Once again, London, thanks for being here. Yes, so happy to be here. Yeah, me too. And you know, one of the uh, the first things I like to start out with, with all of these episodes, um, kind of sets a tone for this conversation, is this idea of inspired living. What does that mean to you? I think inspired living is being the best version of yourself. And I think everybody has that like different version. Um, I think what my version is, is having that same adrenaline of when I started volleyball, I like really loved it so much and wanted to get better every single day. And like to this day, like I, every day I go to the gym, I want to get better and I never want to like take a day off. Um, And I think just like, I have this like happiness towards volleyball when I play it. So it never really left. So I'm very thankful that I can still play a sport that gives me so many opportunities and I enjoy it. So. Yes. Let's go. And I love that you said being the best version of yourself because we can talk about winning, you know, winning is super fun. And um, you know, there's a, also losing, which is a part of winning, but inspired living, you know, I love that you said that it's about being the best version of yourself and committing to that process. And, you know, I think more and more we hear that these days, um, but to to really feel that, to be on the path, the in, in in process, like when you're in process to being the best version of yourself, it's a really joyful feeling. Could you carry that further into this idea of the inspired athlete? What does that mean? I think it's an athlete that sacrifices things that a normal person might have, which is like a social life. I feel like throughout high school, I didn't really get the ideal social life. I which kind of like made me not like high school in a way. So I think the balancing it out is a great thing. Um, But with sacrifice, I think uh, comes great in what you do in your sport. And so whether that be, um, you know, going to either a prom or going to the national championship with your team, it's, I picked the national championship with my team. So that's kind of how it was, or, you know, homeschooling and going to Monsiana, which I grew and learned a lot without having my parents being there or enjoying that high school year. It was just like, you always have these options on, you know, in life. And so I always picked the option that I felt like for, could further my career. So. Love it. Yeah. Um, to echo that, I would say the inspired athlete always makes the better choice, right? There's cho- yeah. you have choices in front of you all the time. And to make a choice that's like reflective of the energy of the inspired athlete, because I think that's inside of all of us. Yeah. But to, to tap into it and to allow it to come forth, I think is is why, you know, you are where you're at right now because you you've you've chosen that. And I just think that's super inspiring, right? Um, you mentioned a little bit of your story. 
could you go into it a little bit more and and frame it for someone who has no idea who you are? You know, how did you, how did you get to where you are right now? So when I was in high school, I was freshman year was COVID year. So I never got my freshman year, but I didn't really enjoy high school. It wasn't for me. I didn't really care about the proms or homecoming. My mom kind of had to force me to go to homecoming one year. Uh, but yeah, I was more to myself. I had like maybe one friend in high school and then, but I was just to myself and I just wanted to, I was there for volleyball really. And then I think I came to a point in my life, which was junior year. I went to my parents and I was like, I don't want to go. I don't want to go to high school right now. Like, I want to stay home with you guys. I'm like a homebody. I want to be with my parents. And I want to go make myself do an uncomfortable thing, which is travel to Indiana, because I knew that I if I go to college and that was my first like uncomfortable situation, it wouldn't be like it would be scary for me. And I wouldn't know without my parents, like how that would work out. Cause supernova gives me a lot of comfort. I've been there my whole life. So going to like a different club surrounded by different girls, coaches fighting for my starting position was just something that I needed to make myself feel confident to go into college. So. Awesome. I love it. And you mentioned mom and dad. Uh, I, I got to ask you about your influence, the, the influence of your family, right? Because I know them well, but, you know, for the audience, like, you know, speak about the influence of your family on who you are and, you know, the direction that you've chosen. So I don't think my parents really came out to LA to own a volleyball club. I don't think that's what their intentions were at all. Uh, but, you know, my mom's just such a great coach that happened. So with when I was younger, I would always have to come to all the volleyball practices. I didn't have like a nanny or anything at that time. And so I would just sleep in the ball carts. Like I was just so surrounded. Like my best friends in, in the world were like the moms that of the kid, of the daughters because I was always surrounded by them. And so I would always be in the gym constantly and I'd be so bored or I'd just pick up a volleyball and do like a thousand reps on the wall. Like challenge myself to do this join 17's practice at like six years old like I was just so like in awe by older girls and like and my parents let me their their career was perfect for me in that sense um and I feel like my dad's very headstrong kind of wants like me to be the best uh, wants what's best for me. So he's definitely helped me in my volleyball. My mom worked a lot and she helped me in my volleyball through high school. But when I was younger, my dad really helped me. Um, even to this day, he helps me. And I feel like a lot of girls are like, well, I don't have a gym to work at. I don't have this to do volleyball like you did. But most of my workouts were like in the kitchen, in the living room with a balloon, practicing my form all the time. And like, mm -hmm. that's how it was. It's like, I didn't have like a big gym to go do my reps at. And so, yeah, that was pretty much how my parents were and how that like evolved for my volleyball. And you gotta you gotta mention your brother too. I mean, you have this yeah. this athletic like vibe in your family, right? And like, yeah, speak speak on his journey and how you guys complemented each other. So my brother is like the best person in the world. And you know, we have we have a I feel like my family's not a very normal family. I think we have like it's not normal for, you know, a lot of people to look up to your parents and you are surrounded by people and people leave and people you know, go, you know, you just like, you never know. It's very in the air, but like my brother was like the one person that like knows what I've gone through. Like, and so I really bonded with him. He was actually my like one best friend through high school. Like seriously, like I would hang out with his best friends. Cause that's like all I had. And like, I think like with his athletics, my dad was so involved. Um, so he was a quarterback. He started at Alamany, which was the school I went to for high school. Now, and then he transferred to Chaminade. Um, he didn't really enjoy it there. Uh, then he transferred to Pasadena and that was like the best fit. He said he's grown so much from a person being there. Pasadena High School is like not like the bougie school and a normal school. Like people go through things there and he really liked seeing everybody's perspective on life. And he was more after that experience at Pasadena High School, he's more thankful for the opportunities in life and blessings he's gotten. So 
right now he's at University of Houston. Um, he redshirted this year and they have a new coach, which he loves. So I'm really excited for him. He's like an amazing quarterback. He works so hard, probably he works just insanely hard and he definitely deserves more. And so I'm really excited to see where he goes. So, yeah, you know, your, your whole family, I was, when I was thinking about, you know, this episode, um, I was just thinking about your whole family as an inspired athlete family. Right. I mean, and, and it also part of being an inspired athlete, in my opinion, is also this entrepreneurial drive. And you're, you know, I've had so many conversations about business with your dad. Um, and, you know, we'll, we'll get into the barbaric stuff yeah. later, but I, I wanted to just acknowledge this, this energy that your whole family radiates, which is this, it's almost, it's almost like allowing yourself to go for it, right? This go for it mentality, which is whatever your dreams are, like, to allow yourself to go for that and not be worried about anyone else's opinions, right? I just want to acknowledge that. I want to honor that. Um, I, I just think it's so cool. It's super inspiring because not all families are like that. You guys are totally like that. And it's just super cool to see. And, you know, I've I've kind of watched your your journey, you know, up to this point. And um, I, I wanted to get into this decision that you made. What was that like? What, what what was this this decision that came that came to you? That came to you. I'm, I'm assuming as a family, this decision to skip your senior year and to go to college. Well, it was a it was a crazy. The decision of me like deciding to decommit was just one day I woke up and I was like, I'm not feeling it. I'm just gonna call him and say I don't want to go here anymore I just had a gut feeling on me and then I told my parents after that my dad was on the golf course missed a few holes after that but um he so with that like decision I got to go to all my like visits that I wanted to go to and I loved all of them I loved all the coaches so it really came down to Michigan and uh USC. And so it was a little bit of a discussion in my family because, you know, I feel like, you know, I either can graduate early and go to USC or I can, you know, do my senior year and still go to a great school. Uh, but I felt like volleyball was more like, I feel like you, Michigan's a building program. And I obviously would love to be a part of a building program, but USC was kind of like getting there. And so I really wanted to be a part of that as well. Um, it was, I actually went on my visit to Michigan with my mom. And then I went on my visit to USC with both my parents. Um, and I always feel like the last visit you go on uh, is kind of like the one you want to go to. Mm -hmm. um, so my dad told me that and I kind of was like, you're right. So then when I went back to Michigan. I was like, oh my God, I love Michigan. Like, and my dad's like, no, 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 you need to go to USC again too. So I went to USC and I just felt like, you know, that that was the school for me. And I was actually like, my moment was when I went to the Galen Center and I saw the court, I was like, something about it was just like, I feel like I'm going to play here one day. Like, this is my heart is just like, this is where I want to be. Um, you know, it's always been my dream because of Samantha Brizio, who's always been my inspiration. Like, seriously, like I love her. Um, but I would say that moment at the Galen Center was just like, this is where I want to be. Um, I also did like this little game in my kitchen where I wrote USC, USC, Michigan, Michigan, and then had all my family draw one out. Um, and it ended, it ended up being USC, which was great. Uh, but so I was in the coach's office when I was um, going to commit or no, they didn't know I was going to commit, but I was in the coach's office and then I was just, I just committed on the spot. I just do things because I, I kind of listen to my heart more than I listen to like the logistics of it. What could happen? Like, oh no, I kind of just said, you know, I feel good about this. My gut is saying yes right now. I'm going to go for it. So that's what I did. I just always listen to my gut in the moment. And I know that's a little bit risky, but it's just kind of how I do life. So. Oh, no, I love that. <laughs> I think that's, um, you know, it's a testament to your own self-awareness that you can allow yourself to listen to your intuitive nudges. You know, you had it, you had an intuitive nudge in that moment, it sounds like. Um, and then shout out to Coach Brad Keller. He's also a friend of mine. And, you know, he he speaks very highly of you. Um, so congrats on that decision. And let's move forward now. Now that you you have a year under you, um, look back a little bit. Talk about playing in big games. And again, 
try your best to make this relatable to someone who doesn't know what that's like, yeah. you know? Um, so specifically, I want to ask you about the Illinois match and the UCLA match. Yeah. Um, can you talk about any anything that comes to mind about those matches? Um, yeah, go ahead and take that. <laughs> well, my first game that I played in was University of Houston. Mm. Um, that was my debut. And so going in, I was had a lot to learn still about like more of the mentality I need to have on the court. Um, I can't get frustrated or flustered after a mistake. I have to move on to the next point. Um, but he, Brad put me in 24-20 and I got set and I hit the ball out. So all those girls out there, like your freshman debut doesn't define who you are. You know, it's just, it's just how it is. It's just a part of your story. And so moving on to the Purdue and Illinois game, they, Brad threw me in the Illinois game and I was just like ready to go. I was so excited to play, you know, like it's my turn to shine. Like, so I got set, I got a kill and I got set again and I got another kill. And I was just like, so excited to play at that point. Like I just wanted to win. I had nothing to lose. Like it was just my, I wanted to win so bad that nothing else mattered. Um, so we won that game and it was our first big 10 win. Cause we we're moving into the big 10. So it was actually pretty cool for our program. And then the next day we played Purdue, Purdue's such a great team. They have amazing outside hitters. Um, and you know, we beat them. That was really exciting. That was more like, wow, like we don't know where our season's going. We have so much to learn, grow from. Like it was, it was surreal because I first off love the Purdue environment. Um, but it was just probably one of my favorite games ever. Uh, we were all so excited and, you know, I just, it felt like in that moment that our program felt like anything's possible. So that's, kind of that Purdue game and then the UCLA game was just also insane because it was our rival rivalry and I did pretty good in that game so it was pretty good so hey everyone thanks so much for being a fan of the show I really appreciate your support and if you'd like to further support the podcast please grab a copy of my book The Inspired Athlete uh, The Inspired Athlete is all about my personal growth journey my athletic journey my spiritual journey all combined into one and really the idea is that um, the energy of the inspired athlete is within us all and it's up to us to evoke that. And uh, whether you consider yourself an athlete or a competitor or not, it's my belief that the energy of the inspired athlete is within us. Even if you just decide to take a deep breath and just move your body, that's the inspired athlete. So it would mean a lot if you could help support the book project as well as the podcast by grabbing a copy uh, links to the Amazon uh, paperback version as well as the Audible um, audiobook version are listed below in the description. Thank you very much for your support. Stay inspired, y'all. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> going back, um, going back to what I was saying to you before, you know, I've I've heard of people. It's very rare when someone skips their senior year to go walk, basically start walk into a starting role. Yeah. Um, it's very rare. Um, and so I just I just give you props. I just I think it's so inspiring. And I again, hopefully, if someone's listening to this and they're like thinking, maybe should I skip my senior year to go into a a, a collegiate program? Maybe maybe that's the right thing to do for you. Um, let's get into some of this mindset stuff because now that we've set up your story and you know we understand who you are and where you're at, I'd like to like I'd like to like get into the mindset and oh, the mentality sure. of what it takes what it takes to do everything that you just said because that's not easy to do um talk first about confidence you know how do you how have you built your confidence up to this yeah. point confidence is a hard thing to have as a player um but i think the number one thing that helps me build confidence is getting reps knowing yeah. that you know i passed a thousand balls like this perfect and i can do it again Yep. reps give me confidence so with mindset wise like just going into a game nerves happen but you just kind of have to embrace it and be like you know you have to trust yourself trust your training and I think that's what all my senior teammates have told me because I was nervous before my game so I'm not gonna lie like I'm still a freshman still nervous it's, I'm still playing against these older girls like I'm nervous too and like it's more how you take your nerves and create something like you can either make it like shut down or you can blossom through it. And so, yeah, so I would say that, 
Um, but you know, as a freshman, I leave my stuff everywhere. I lose things and it's just part of life. And I think like, I was really hard on myself this year, like a thousand percent more than I've ever been. And I think that's because, you know, I'm put in this situation. I'm like, girls want this, you know, every girl wants this to be in the situation and I finally have it. So it was kind of like that feeling. And so, um, I think like I was in Hawaii and I lost, left my shoe at the hotel. So I had to practice in my air forces and then Brad had to go get my shoe from the hotel and wasn't the best day for me, but like it happens and you know, you're learning, you're growing and you have to go through what I've learned is you have to go through bad things or not bad things, but things that challenge you to eventually grow. So. Yes. I love that. Um, Let's stay on mindset for a little bit longer because I have a couple of specific things I want to ask you. So the first thing is the no fear mindset. And when I say no fear, you know, as an athlete, like you just mentioned, we all get a little nervous. We all get a little afraid maybe. Um, But you seem to be able to embody this no fear mindset when I watch you play. And even when I watch you train, like, can you speak on that? I think it's just more like, I kind of have like a different, like, I think I've had to embody a different perspective this year, which is just like, this isn't the end of the world. And mm. at the end of the day, like, if I mess up, it's not the end of the world. You're fine. Get the next point. Like, if I'm not doing good in passing, I'm going to do good in hitting. If I'm not doing good in hitting, I'm going to do good in passing. Like, I kind of have that mentality where it's just like, at the end of the day, everybody across the net, they're stressed out they're nervous too everybody's on the same boat here and you just kind of have to acknowledge that and just I think it's the way you handle it the way you handle your nerves and the no fear mentality like I think that just comes with like practice and experience because like these seniors are really they're they're chilling so (laughs) I'm I'm more like on edge but you know it's comes with experience it's like when I first came to USC I'm like I have it all down I'm not nervous but then I am and it's fine to be nervous it's okay but the no fear mentality definitely comes with experience love that and and what about the difference between winning mindset and champion mindset is there a difference no because when you lose I think losing happens for a reason so we lost the pit game and I wasn't having my best game. I was nervous. I was like, finally, I'm on this spotlight. I've been wanting this my whole life and I'm here. And it felt so surreal. I was like, I don't want to mess up. So that mentality kind of like made me a little bit nervous. And so like being afraid to mess up should not be what your, your goal is. It should be like, I want to win for the team. And so I think losing was kind of like in a sense like winning because I got to learn about a lot about myself. I got to learn about my mental, my, how I am mentally, what I need to get better on, what made me so nervous. Like, I think it was, maybe I didn't get enough reps on hitting or stuff like that. And obviously I didn't get enough reps on hitting that year. I tore my ab three times, so I couldn't practice hitting and I only could play in games. So that was a little challenging, but it's just more, um, yeah, that's what I'd say. No, that's that. I think that's awesome. Um, it reminds me, uh, speaking of USC, of Pete Carroll, who, who used to be the uh, football coach at, Pete, uh, at USC, and he talks about winning forever, right? So whether you win or lose a game, you know, you're still winning because if you choose to, to take on that growth that you just talked about, you're just <laughs> always winning. Okay, I lost this game, but I, I gained perspective. I gained knowledge. I, you know, so I, I really love that, that, uh, that perspective that you take on that. Can you talk about this idea of the switch? The switch. And for the audience, what I mean, a little setup for that is, um, <laughs> this might sound weird, but you know, I when I watch you play and people similar to you, um, meaning like great players, you're a great player. When I watch you play, you have this ability to switch into something called the killer, the killer mindset. Yeah, That's what it looks like to me anyway, or the outside yeah. world. Um, can you talk about switching from like everyday London to like the killer London? Yeah. So I feel like 
I'm more like um I'm like a social aspect I'm very like fun and exciting but when I'm like on the court like I'm more like to myself and I'm very like zoned in and I kind of have like a mentality where it's just like I need to be focused on this thing and my job and my goals and I have this like like it's just like I I become a different person it's really weird and I can't like it's like even on my tournaments and club like I would be in a mindset for like weeks like it was really hard and so the minute that tournament ended the adrenaline was gone I'd be really depressed after that because I was like I really seeked for that adrenaline that got me going and so volleyball gives me that adrenaline and I zone myself I'm so in the zone that it just looks like I'm like angry all the time and I I'm not angry I'm more just like I want to win and this is my this is what I want so yeah no that's great and so Okay, so what comes to mind is this idea of no FOPO, um, no fear of other people's opinions. And I think this is big right now in society, not just in sports or, you know, everyday life, but like social media, right? Um, but when you're in the spotlight, which you are at USC, you know, you're as a division one collegiate player, you're in the spotlight, people are yeah. watching you. How do you how do you let go of of other people's opinions or fear of other people's opinions well I was actually I was like I was so curious about that um mm. I was very like when I'm in a bigger stage at USC and everybody's watching me like am I gonna be nervous about what they're thinking or who's watching me like it's a big crowd but honestly absolutely not I was not afraid of that I was more just like I want to win so bad I want to do so good like it didn't even cross my mind as much as I thought it would uh so also like my mom told me this story it's like like you're in the arena people are watching you they're not like in the arena so they can't even if they judge you they don't know what what it's like to be in that situation so that's why I don't really care what people say because they don't know what athletes go through and what our team goes through so it's just kind of I don't really care about people's opinions that's awesome I, I think that's great um let's carry this conversation further into EQ have you heard that before EQ mm -hmm. no I've not. So this is this is emotional intelligence okay and and EQ to me means you know being able to manage your emotions you know being able to um, it goes to that switch that we just talked about being able to switch. And maybe if you have better and better EQ, you can switch back. It doesn't have to take you weeks after a game or a match, you can switch back and, and be able to turn that. I don't know. Would you call it mama mentality? I think you might have a little yeah. bit of mama mentality. Yeah. Um, but having the emotional intelligence to be able to switch that on and off, to be able to manage the ups, the downs. Um, I think that's really relatable. Could you speak to that? Um, how you how you do that or you're currently doing that? Yeah. So I'm not the best at managing my emotions when I am nervous or anything like that, but I think focusing on your breath is really important. And as I'm going to sports psych, she's teaching me how to do that. Um, the breath is very powerful. And I think a lot of people kind of ignore it, but like, I think it can really help a lot. And just like, I kind of listen to music and visualize myself playing volleyball before awesome. I play my game. So I have my headphones in in the bus and I'm just visualizing and visualizing is probably the, one of the most powerful things like ever. Um, Cause I think it's really made me such a great volleyball player. That would be one of my main things that has made me such a good vo volleyball player is visualizing. So. That is awesome. I feel like more and more players actually more people in life are realizing the power of visualization. Could you break it down for someone who like yeah. might hear that and be like, okay, that's, that's <laughs> nice and all, but like, what does yeah. that actually mean? So I don't really know how other people do it. I just know it works for me. And so it's yeah. kind of before I go to bed, I do it. I do it like almost every night, whatever I want to happen. I kind of just visualize it. And I put like a music that matches that tone. So like, I'll put like, my favorite singer is Yeet, I think. <laughs> so I'll listen to Yeet when I'm thinking about myself playing volleyball because it gives me this adrenaline that I would feel during the games to match that energy um, and that frequency. So that's what I do. I like to listen to my music and I just like to 
close my eyes and think about me hitting the ball straight down or hitting it off the hands and everybody being excited and me getting this dig up and we're winning. Like I did it with the Purdue game. I did it with the UCLA game. I do it with like all the games. Um, and it's just like really comforting to do it because it makes you feel like you have control over the way you play in a way. So. Thank you to new sponsor of the show, Stretch Life, located in Manhattan Beach, California. Stretch Life offers assisted stretching for anyone who wants to enhance their flexibility practice. And if you're like me, muscle tightness is something I deal with on a daily basis, whether I'm in the gym training or out on the beach playing beach volleyball or even sitting here doing this podcast. Um, it's, it's a challenge to make time for the daily stretch routine. And so I've been working with Amir over the last couple months over at Stretch Life, and um, I can tell a big difference in the way I feel. I have more range of motion, I have more energy, more muscle control, and just overall less pain. Uh, Stretch Life is offering Within the Game listeners 50% off your first session. Just mention Within the Game when you book online or, or when you call in for the discount. And also, if you do not have access to the Stretch Life studio, but you still want to learn more about how to enhance your flexibility practice, Amir is offering a free 20-minute phone call um, where he can share specific stretches and other specific tools that can help you. So visit stretchlife.com, that's stretch life spelled with a Y, to book your first session and uh, hope you enjoy the rest of the show. And and when you visualize, how much of it are, are uh, like visuals, you know, like photos of yourself uh, doing what you want to do, or how much of it is feeling? Like, I feel great. I feel like I'm winning. I feel like I'm doing my thing or both. I don't do photos. Okay. Um, I do uh, feelings for sure. I, I kind of match the feeling of what I would feel in that situation. So that when I'm in that situation, I know I've been here, done that. So I love that. I, yeah. I really love that because I, this is a skill, by the way. Like yeah. I, I, I do this too, but I, I find um, that it's difficult to sustain that. It's hard. Yeah. It, like you could visualize for like maybe a minute or two. It's difficult to go to five or 10 minutes. How long do you visualize for? I mean, maybe an hour. I'm an like, hour. Wow. I visualize for a long time and then I'll like fall asleep to my visual. I don't really like go out my way to do it. If I'm like going to bed, I'll do it. Or like in the bus going to a game, I'll do it. But it's nothing of me going out of the way. But you, like 30 minutes, an hour, I would do it. It's fun That's for awesome. me. Yeah, I've tried to convince my brother to do it because I'm like, and you know, trust me, it helps. Like all, everything I've wanted in life is because of visualization. Like me being wow. here today, visualization, manifesting, like it's a true thing. And so I really try to tell him to do it. I don't think he knows how to do it, but uh, I've tried to teach him and I, we'll see if it works for him. But yeah. That that's so cool to hear, London. I mean, I'll, I'm going to share one quick thing about that because you mentioned that to do it for 30 minutes or an hour. That's that's uh, that's definitely a skill. But one thing that I did it when I was at UCLA is, uh, and for anyone listening who's like listening to this and like, okay, visualization that's nice and all, but but the how part, how? So what I would suggest, and then I would love to hear your response, is imagine yourself in a movie theater, the yeah. most like awesome movie theater you could ever visualize yeah. like right in the middle the best seat the best the best screen the best uh sound system and you're you're just sitting there watching this amazing movie that you get to create all the like the images yeah you get to create like the the edit you get to create whatever you want on that screen yeah and and i really like that visual because I think most people love movies, right? I love movies and I love to be able to sit there and visualize <clears throat> and I get to be the actor, director, producer, editor. Yeah. You know, I get to do all that and I get to create my desired outcome on that screen. Yeah. That's one that's one little technique that I'll I'll share with anyone listening and how does that resonate with you? I love that idea. I've never thought of that. Um I feel like my brain would be like kind of thinking too much of what the movie theater is going to look like. <laughs> right, right. That's just like how I am. And so I have to keep it simple as possible. And like, think of like more in the moment situations, but I think like for a person that has like, like good at like thinking very, I don't know. I kind of jump around when I think, yeah. but for someone to just have a simple thought like that, that's definitely a great manifestation. Yeah. 
Yeah, I love that. You mentioned breath work earlier. Now, now let's let's talk about some more mindfulness training, yeah. um, which I believe is becoming more and more accepted in the athletic world, but also in just everyday life, right? People are yeah. realizing that we have to get away from our phones, get away from technology and be more, right? We just have to be. Um, yeah. That to me is part of mindfulness training and and just really recognizing that the present moment is the gift, right? This is all we have. Yes, we can make a vision for the future. Yes, we can reflect on the past, but the present moment is, this is where the magic happens. This is yeah. life right now, you know? Talk a little bit about that um, in, in mindfulness training, but if you could frame it specifically for an athlete, that'd be great. Yeah. I don't think I have the best, I'm not the best person to think of like the present now, because obviously I've skipped my senior year. I'm always wanting to jump ahead. And I think I'm always like, what can I do future? But I think I really, this semester, I'm going to practice on focusing on the present. Um, I would say just realizing what you have. I think being like, not, I feel like I was thinking this the other day. I was like, everybody in a car is listening music or on the phone. Like, it's not like a quiet situation where you're just thinking, cause I've never done that, but I'm just like, well, what happens if I just had an hour car ride, no music, nothing, just sitting there with my thoughts? Like, could, and I feel like more people need to do that, including myself. Like, I just want to sit there with my thoughts, no phones, nothing, and just think. And I think that I'm going to put more effort into having those times where I do that. Yes. And me too, you know, and all yeah. transparency, me too. You know, I've, I've been around the idea of mindfulness training uh, for a long time. And I love that you mentioned the, the, the power of the breath. I've actually done breath work where you you're nice. working with your own breath and you get really relaxed. You get so clear headed. Um, and you realize that your breath is the, one of the one things you can control in every moment. No one else has any influence over your breathing. Yeah. Um, and it, it, this is a great setup for my next question for you, which is this idea of the flow. You know, mm -hmm. most people that come on this show, I ask about the 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 flow. Um, first of all, I have two questions for you about the flow. Mm -hmm. Number one, have you ever been in the flow? And number two, is it something you can practice or do you just find yourself there? Like the flow, of like getting the hang of something or like feeling the flow, like, like uh, yeah. the zone, like in the zone, in the like, zone. you know, where you can't be stopped. Or you're, you're so dialed in of the, yeah. we just talked about the present moment, right? Where for an athlete, that's really what we only have. We have the yeah. present moment. We can set up the next point. But like, this is what we have right here. And if we can find ourselves in the flow or in the zone and we can't be stopped, like, you know, have you ever had that feeling before? Yeah, I would say, and you're asking, how do we get there? Like, is it? Yeah, like, like uh, well, I'm asking, first of all, what does it feel like when you're there? And number two, can you practice that feeling or do you just find yourself there? Well, when you're there, it feels like you're like dreaming a little bit. Yeah. It feels right. like a little like you're dreaming, but like yeah. it does take practice, but I feel like I've had a lot of, it kind of started through COVID where I just sat in my room visualizing um, and I just like enjoy doing it. It's like my way from like escaping reality and kind of going into my own reality of what I want. And so um, to be in that zone, I would say it takes time. And like, I would say you're going to get there. It's more just like how, what works for you. Everybody has a different manifestation, writing in a journal, doing not, none of that works for me, but like everybody has their own little thing. And I would say just finding your niche. Mm, love that. See, I think, I think it is something you can practice. I think all these things is mindfulness training, the breath work, the visualization, yeah. the taking a quiet car ride, like you mentioned, I think that's awesome. Yeah. Um, those are, those are setups. Those are all setups for, you know, 24 all, you know, Oh, for uh, sure. you know, in that moment where you, you have to execute, you know, and you have to do your job. You're, you're doing it in a way that's almost effortless when you're in the flow. You're like, oh, yeah. yeah, I know how to do this. I've set this up already. I've practiced. I've allowed myself to get there in my mind, in my heart and soul. And now I'm here. Yeah. And it's just like, let's go, you know? Well, like, I mean, when it's 24, 24, um, it's a little bit, it's a different mindset now. Cause you're like, you don't want to be the one that misses the serve. I'm mm. like, you know, lose it for your team. It's a different type of pressure at that point, you know? But, and, Cause like, even though you're in the zone, you kind of get to that point where you're like, oh, 
gosh, it's 24 all. But the way I kind of view that is if I'm back to serve at that time, is just like, if I give them an easy serve, that's like a free point for them. So might as well give it a hundred and serve it out. And now I gave it a hundred or just keep it in and give them like a bump set and then kill. It's just like, I would say always go for it in situations like that. Love that. I want to ask you about the difference between confidence and arrogance. What what is the difference? Is there a difference? So confidence is something that you, it's like, it's your actions. It's not your words. And I think arrogance is more words rather than action. That's how I view it. I'm like, I feel like arrogant people are more just like all talking confident people kind of just are grinders that work in the gym when no one's watching. So love that. Yeah. Love that. I think where we all want to be is is confident, right? We want to be so confident in ourselves. I I believe that once we start to get to arrogance, then we we shut our learning off. I feel oh, like if sure. we're confident, you know, we're just like always eager to learn, always eager for the next thing, always eager to see what we can do. We're confident sure. in ourselves. Let's see what we can do. Yeah. Right. Um. And, and I think. Um, you know, great players do have a little bit of arrogance in a healthy way. I think there's something called healthy arrogance where you're like, yeah, I am the best person on the court and I am going to beat you, you know? I'd say that's confidence though. Right. That's like a little bit of, I think confidence is just a better word to use because arrogance is more, like you said, not a person that's not willing to like learn, thinks they have Mm. it all figured out. I would say confidence is like, you know, I've taken this many reps and I feel like I can beat you. That's confidence. So Love that. Yeah. And and earlier you said you you built that confidence through reps. Um, there's a lot of athletes that have uh, have split on this. Like they love to practice or they hate practice. They just want to compete. Where are you at with that? So during club, I was like, I just want to compete. Like I don't really practice wasn't my thing. And then I got to the point because I also did extra practice outside of practice. Nothing comes with just going to practice. But I would say um, competing is great, but like practicing nowadays is just even better. I love practicing. I love being in the gym with great volleyball players because that's where success and growth comes from. The game is just kind of to show it off a bit and be like, hey, this is what I learned. But practice is like where it's the sweat, tears that no one gets to see. And then all they see is, you know, what you play in the games and they have their judgment, but like, it's what happens in the gym that really builds character in a person. Yes. I'm so happy to hear you Mm -hmm. say that for two reasons. Number one, I think everything is a practice living an inspired life. That's a practice. Yeah. Right. Breathing in a conscious way. That's a practice being the best version of yourself. That's a practice, you know? Um, But also the second thing is from an athlete point of view, we can, we can create more confidence, breaking down skills. Like I've watched you do with Logan, shout out Logan, Tom, Uh, when we're in the gym together, you could, you could break down specific small things that you might not be able to do when you're competing because you're focused on winning. Um, um, But I love that you, you're embracing that, you know, that, 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 that's, it's such an opportunity, right? Now, looking back on my career and, and now, now helping other athletes, I'm really trying my best to realize that every moment you have in the gym, every single moment is such a blessing because it's, you won't have it forever, right? You have these moments, you know, and, and for anyone listening, this, this goes for any skill or any sport or any business, anything, any craft, really what I want to say is craft. When you're working on your craft, that is a blessing, right? That is a gift. It goes back to the present moment. I get to, I get, I get to work on my craft, you know? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Playing volleyball is always such a blessing. Um, And being around people like my teammates, who I absolutely love and adore, has been even a bigger blessing. I think volleyball's. I don't know where my life would be today without volleyball because all my friends are in the volleyball world. My whole life has been surrounded by volleyball. So it's just like the people I've, you know, learned lessons from and gotten to meet and became close friends. And then you know, not so close friends has taught me a lot about myself and built me character. So, yeah. And, and so now let's, let's carry this forth into this world of mental health. This is a, it's a big topic for all people right now, myself included. How, how do we, how do we honor our own mental health? 
um and how how can we like you know know that that we have this thing called mental health which is like goes back to eq emotional intelligence yeah. goes back to being you know the best version of ourselves yeah. building confidence right um how do you do that how how do you honor your own mental health i do things i love to i do things that make me happy mm. um i love shopping i'm a girly girl i like to do makeup all the time like things that make me happy outside of volleyball you need a balance you know it's not just gonna be volleyball 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 um so i would say mental health is, comes with balance um and just like giving yourself alone time uh letting yourself process what happened in like the month or the week or the day and so giving yourself like taking care of your body like just like i like treating yourself right giving yourself time to recover when it comes to like injuries or stuff I think helps with mental health like I think often my first semester I didn't really care about my physical aspect of me I didn't really do rehab that often I just kind of wanted to go home and so it really does come with that but being being having taking care of your body is just shows how strong you are mentally because it's like you could either you know go home and sleep or you know help your body out because you your body is your temple at the end of the day yes so it helps mentally yeah yes london a hundred percent um what i want to say to that is do you do you do you treat your injury that you had you had an ab injury right yeah. do you treat that as a blessing three <laughs> before you answer <laughs> sorry before you yeah. answer i, I want to set it up even more and I say that because injuries can be so frustrating for athletes. I've had two knee surgeries myself, and the second one crushed me, right? Um, but looking back, I know that those things were blessings for me because they allowed me to learn about my body. They allowed me to learn about more self-care yeah. for myself, which is what you're talking about. Um, they've allowed me to, to realize that the kinetic chain, which is this which is the body, right? The, yeah. the way the body works and, and how it works. Yeah. The kinetic chain is something we all need to learn about for ourselves. Yeah. That's why I said, for me, it's a blessing. But I, I want to ask you that because it's hard. It's challenging. It's frustrating. Yeah. Uh, I think everything happens for a reason. That like helps with like everything I do in life. It's just like everything happens for a reason. I think that my ab injuries did not need to happen um, at all. Uh, I already knew my abs were weak. I think it like made me want to like get a stronger core and be in the training room more. So like that like was one of the main things I think that's why it happened. So it could prevent from a bigger injury in the future. Mm. Um, but no, I think I could have, I think my ab could have just stayed normal this season and I would have been fine. But again, everything happens for a reason. So I definitely learned that I need to go to the training room. So yeah. And, and you mentioned like having a, a weaker core. I've had a weak core my whole life. Like that core, <laughs> like, like, like knowing that, knowing what we know now, right. About how the kinetic chain works. It's like, it's mostly initiated from your core. Literally. Right? And so any dynamic athlete, you know, um, no, yeah, they, we all just need to create that strength and, and that balance, like you said. And, and so yeah. maybe, maybe that was a blessing for you, you know, maybe looking back yeah. now you'll have a, the strongest core ever you know yeah let's let's hope um yeah I would say that really taught me that I need to take lift more seriously I need to be in the training room every day um but it would be nice if it didn't happen three times this year that'd be great so and and well three times wow um speak a little bit of re on recovery recovery right now is definitely becoming more and more popular uh definitely be uh, amongst younger athletes because they're i would say that they're becoming more aware that yeah. recovery is a huge part of performance training right mm -hmm. uh so i've never taken an ice bath before you never have taken an ice bath until oh. i've gone here though oh, okay. um it was, I wanted to cry. I'm not gonna lie. I was like, how do people do this? Like, what is this? But, um, 
I think recovery, I did recovery with a person named Andrew, who's literally helped me so much. Um, it's really cool to see all the workouts you can do that can help your core. It's very interesting. But, you know, honestly, I've kind of made a lot of friends in the training room. So I'm like mm. really happy about me. I'm like, I'm going to go to the training room every day. So, so I'm like really happy about that. So I guess like re- recovery is also to meet, have a meet and greet every day. So yeah. I like that. I like that. I like that. Um, We're going to transition here a little bit. I want to talk about entrepreneurship with you a little bit. But before we do, can you talk about how you deal with stress and how you find how how you how you're currently finding balance with like school, volleyball, social life, business? So how I deal with stress is I shop. (laughs) it's not the best for everyone but it helps me like I'm like oh I'm just gonna go buy a club like get clothes make me happy again but it didn't really last that long when yeah so I would shop but now I handle stress where I just like um just sit by myself and just like just give myself a long time and breathe and call my brother and rant to him and then call my mom, rant to her and then text my dad. <laughs> like that's kind of handle my stress. I think there's no way of handling stress. It's just kind of the way you go about it. And um, like, I don't really, I mean, everybody has their way of handling stress, but yeah. it's like, I, my way isn't perfect. So I can't really say that it is, but. You know yeah. what? I want, I want to acknowledge something uh, that just come, came to mind when you're speaking, you said you rant. <laughs> I think that's great. I actually do. I, I think a lot of people hold their rant in. I think you yeah. got to find someone that you can rant with, rant to. Allow oh, yeah. yourself to rant, you know? <laughs> it's like literally ranting is like a form of medicine. Like it's great. Like I gotta get I, it like, out, right? Get it it out. needs to get out. And like it's it's like there's a difference between ranting and complaining. Sure. In my opinion, ranting is just like like I'm having a this day. I think complaining is just a I don't know. They're kind of similar, but not. I don't, I don't like to say complaining when, cause you're like, I feel like complaining is such a negative word. If that makes sense. Ranting is yeah. a more positive word to use. So I kind of just call my mom and I'm like, I want to cry. I don't want to be here. Da, da, da. But um, yeah, there's times I definitely have not wanted to be here. And I'm like, well, what if I have, what hap- what would happen if I just stayed my senior year? Like, did it. So I have these second thoughts and I second guess myself almost everything I do in life. Um, but you know, you're here, you got to go through it and you'll find, and I have all these friends that I love. So it was definitely worth it. So. I love it. Yeah. London, do you, do you think that you're on a path towards mastery? Like being like perfect. Like I'm confused. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, no, it, it, that, it's not a, so, so what I mean by that is I believe you are, I believe you're on this path towards mastery. And what I mean by that is like winning is a, is a byproduct of mastery. I feel like mastery oh. is like, I'm going to get so good at this, this skill, this sport. Yeah. I'm going to break down the small idiosyncrasies, the small specific yeah. details, right? That's what Kobe would talk about, the details, yeah. right? Yeah. Do you feel like you're on that path? Oh, for sure. Yeah. I So during winter break, I just kind of had my alone time. I stayed to myself, was in my bed, not with like a couple friends, nothing really. But all I wanted to do was do private lessons with girls that like, wanted to be me. And I like loved that. I loved being around people like that. But like what, what I found out through that was that doing private lessons actually made me a better volleyball player coming back. Like I did not touch a single ball during winter break, which is not good, but like I came back and I was like passing dimes. So I knew it had a lot to do with, like, I was teaching girls details that I applied when I was passing. So I was more I had more of self-correction with myself, which made me a better volleyball player. And yeah, I'm getting down to the little details that, but those little details make you a great volleyball player. So you kind of have to acknowledge it. So, yes, yes. And speaking of details, like we mentioned Logan Tom before, but like I, I felt I've, so Logan is a friend of mine and I feel like she's been on this, this path of mastery for so long now and she's still on it. And it's so inspiring for me to, to watch her, you know, when, when we were all in the gym and and she was like showing you the, the, 
the passing footwork stuff. I mean, she's on this pathway yeah. to mastery, you know, yeah. and maybe, maybe it's a never ending pathway. Maybe yeah. we never are become masters at something, but there's such a joyful, it's, it's so joyful to be on a path yeah. of mastery. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's why I, I get, I, that's why I'm inspired by you, honestly, Lyndon, because you're yeah. on, you're on that path and Thank hopefully, you. hopefully like, you know, whoever's listening to this can also find their way on their path. Yes. Right? We can, hopefully we can all find our way on, on our pathway to mastery, whatever yeah. that thing is, you know? Yeah, for sure. Could you mention um, who you, we mentioned, Logan? Uh, oh yeah. Could, could you mention anything about her or uh, who you get inspiration from? Yeah. Logan was great. Um, she was like very cool. I liked all the like stuff she taught me is like things I never even thought of. Um, but I was really inspired that she's still like trying to learn and grow as a person. And I actually was very inspired by her. Um, and then I had sushi with her after and I just loved her personality overall. She's such a cool person. Um, but yeah, I learned a lot about like my passing. I get really narrow with my feet and she told me I need to like, like I get really narrow and then I fall. So I have to like keep a wide base. And so even hitting wise, she's like an undersized hitter. So like it, it really was nice to hear like her perspective on things and how she tools the block and because I relate to her. And so it was really fun. Um, a person I get inspired by would have to be both my parents, I'd say. They're very like, they're inspiring people. They work hard. And even if they don't get their way, they're still working. And I would say another inspiration I have is Samantha Bruzio. Um, she's just an incredible outside hitter. And then I'd say my number one, ooh, this is hard. Michael Jordan, for sure. Nice. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like obsessed with him. Uh, I love his mentality. I love how he just doesn't care. He's just there to win. Doesn't care if he hurts anyone's feelings. Like it's just who he is. And I watched the last dance and I was like, I, I want to be him. And I'm like, he's the best basketball player in the world. And so, yeah, I would say Michael Jordan is definitely my biggest inspiration to like my mentality and everything I do. Yeah, love that. Um, just a few more things here, London. I got to ask you about NIL. Yeah. And so when I was um, when I was playing, when I played at UCLA, we did not have NIL. That was not a thing. So for anyone who doesn't know what that is, it's name, image and likeness and how you can benefit from those things. Um, where, what's your stance on that? You know, where are you at with NIL for you or like even just being around it? So NIL is not my biggest priority. Volleyball is, I would say. Um, my dad is kind of in that like scene where he did does get to be around superstars and managers all the time. And so it's just like, I never was like, I'm more shy and introverted when it comes to like posting and stuff. It's not my favorite thing to do in the world. It takes like a whole village to get me to post. Mm. Um, but then it's like, maybe that's just not my thing. Maybe I just, I'm, I'm just going to focus on volleyball. It's just like NIL, I think can benefit a lot of people, but it also can't. Like, I think it depends on who you are when it can benefit you. I think with like people on my team definitely can utilize NIL, but like they're not really given the opportunity to utilize it. And I think that we need to figure out a better plan for athletes to have an easier route for NIL. I completely agree with you. I'm so glad you said that because right now it's just a free for all. You just got to figure it out for yourself. Yeah. Right? And, for and sure. that can, yeah, it can really confuse a lot of <clears throat> athletes, coaches, parents, yeah. everyone's just like, all right, figure it out. However yeah. you want to deal with that. So I agree with you. I think it does need some more structure. Um, and you did mention posting. Can you talk a little bit about social media and like, yeah, like the benefits, the, maybe the, um, the not so good stuff, you know, where does social media land with you? Uh, I don't like posting. It's not my thing. It gives okay. me so much anxiety. I overthink everything. I overanalyze everything about myself, but like, I'm going to force myself to post because, you know, it makes me, it's going to make me have a more success with NIL. If I can post, I don't know if I'll be able to get to that spot. Um, but with like hate and stuff like that, like 
my teammates told me like never look at that stuff it's so stupid and i just like it's a bunch of bots comedy on you it's like not that deep it's just they're not important so it's fine yeah totally (laughs) and i think i think being an inspired athlete and part of inspired living is ignoring trolls right and like or even just laughing at it and you know just like all right it's it's very funny to hear everybody's opinions on things it's it's great yeah Yeah. (laughs) okay so so talk a little bit about barbaric yeah. Uh, this is barbaric spelled with a K at the end. Uh, yeah. yeah. Talk about it. What is it? Um, who's it? So for? my dad owns the company. I'm a co-founder. Um, he actually started this in 2012 with hats. He made like funky hats and all this cool stuff. And I love, I, he's like, this is, this is going to be for you one day. Like, I want you to own this. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, I'm going to be a volleyball player. What are you talking about? Like, um, well, it came to that day where we're like, you know, like I actually want to do something with it. Like I want to make apparel for volleyball. Um, I want all clubs to like get barbaric and wear it. And so I have like a sweatshirt. I'll show you. Yeah, right. sure. But yeah. it's like, this is one of them. This is like the, it's like a skin color, khaki color. It's so comfortable. So I gave it to my roommate and she wears it all the time. We have sweatpants, spandex, leggings. It's just for volleyball girls. And just to feel barbaric is like being your alter ego and just like kind of accepting your alter ego. You that's know, so like, cool. yeah. yeah. So that's our motto, alter ego. So get your sweatshirts. <laughs> that's cool. And yeah. the alter ego is like the things that we talked about. Like, oh, um, for sure. Like getting into that mindset before your games. That's your alter ego. You know, who you are is your alter ego. It's just like, it's kind of like your other side, like your other personality that no one really gets to know is your alter ego, in my opinion. So that's so cool. Yeah. And can you can you talk a little bit about any any lessons you've learned or inspiration you've g- gained along the way being a co-founder? I know I know yeah. Amy probably does most of the back end stuff, but like, <laughs> you know, yeah, talk. I about do that. the nitty and gritty for sure because he comes up with the ideas, but I'll be like counting the sweatshirts, doing that stuff. So. He definitely, my dad is like so smart when it comes to that stuff. He's been in that industry. He know, He's at the fashion shows. Like he knows what is expected and what people want. Um, so I'm just learning from him. I mean, I have to learn to grow. And like we said, uh, I kind of like to think I have it all figured out and like want to be like, well, I don't like it. But like he knows more. And like we've kind of came to this conclusion with our sweatshirts and stuff. Like that's both our collaboration with um both of our agreements in it kind of like what we both like we created that sweatshirt instead of it wasn't a one-way person thing so that's super cool um there's something about being an entrepreneur that that i resonate with i'm an entrepreneur i really resonate with the idea of bringing bringing something to life but specifically a brand right you can be an entrepreneur and make money all kinds of different ways but to bring a brand to life and and to foster that yeah. and to you know to help it grow yeah. um i think it's so cool and it's 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 difficult right it's yeah. not easy but it's so rewarding talk about the rewarding part of it to see i think the rewarding part of it is just seeing people wear the sweatshirt like yeah. that's pretty rewarding for me like wow i really did that so yeah yeah no that's really cool i'll link all that stuff below and um and i'll share it with our club west yeah, coast as well sure. yeah yeah um london this this has been amazing um yeah um i I have one final question but before i get to that i wanted to allow you to talk about spirituality for a second does it have a place in your life i know we we mentioned visualization talk about breath work and mindfulness training but what about spirituality yeah what was the i don't really say the question (laughs) yeah like is it is it part of your life is it not um do you want to like go into that is it personal where does it fit i would say most it is a part of my life and thanks to my mom she's kind of brought that more into my life she's very into that she knows way more than i ever would um but it is who i am it's like more of like a routine nowadays it's just kind of what i do and i really enjoy doing it um and, but, and when you say doing it like are you praying are you meditating you know talk about that I'm just like it's like daydreaming I feel like daydreaming is like you're ma- manifesting in a way cool. I always daydream and like it's it makes but most I, I, like there's a point where I'm like okay it's daydreaming 
And then there's a point where it's like manifesting. So when I started to realize like all my daydreaming manifestation stuff has actually happened, I'm like, wait, this is working. (laughs) I'm doing it right. So it's just putting yourself in that zone, finding that zone. And I think you'll, you'll, you will find that zone. And it could be like one of my teammates likes to have a journal and go sit somewhere and just write her manifestations out. And that works for her. So just finding that. Yeah. And, and, um, what, how does gratitude fit into the manifestation part of that? Well, you have to be thankful for what you have before you can ask for more. Um, whether you're religious or not, like God or the universe is you have, they've given you so much already, you know, you were blessed to be here. And so you just have to be very grateful for what you have before they give you more, if that makes sense. So, I mean, I'm very grateful. I think going to college has made me 20 times more grateful for my parents, my family, my house, my, my brother, like genuinely, I think that's, what's actually been my biggest lesson is being more grateful for the people that I have and in life. So I think it's awesome. You, you radiate it, you radiate the gratitude and you radiate this like humble warrior vibe, um, which is awesome. I think it's totally part of the inspired athlete. And that's why I wanted you on the, on the show. And um, so, yeah, I'm really proud of you. And you know, last question, this is, I, I like to kind of finish all my episodes with this idea of fulfillment. What does fulfillment mean to you? Fine, being happy, being happy and finding love. I think that's fulfillment, whatever you do. I think, you know, a lot of people nowadays just do jobs because it's just like, you know, it makes them more money or, but like, just like whatever you do that makes you happy, do it. That's wow. my biggest thing. So, yeah. Wow. So cool. London, London, <laughs> in the house. What a great episode. Before we go, yeah. um, tell people how they can best support uh, websites, social media handles, uh, the next game. <laughs> oh, me? Okay. Yeah. Next game. I have no clue. Not, not sure. I don't know about yeah. a spring game. Not sure about that, but definitely come to my games. Um, we're going in the big 10, so it should be more fun. Exciting. Definitely want to go to all the games. Not sure how the schedule is going to be. Follow my Instagram, London Rose VJ. And then my TikTok, London Rosewija. Actually, I'm not sure if my Instagram is London Rosewija. I think it's London Ouija. <laughs> um, follow Barbaric on Instagram. We're still building that platform. And then go search us up on the website. Buy yourself a sweatshirt. Uh, go to Supernova Volleyball Club to get better. No, <laughs> um, but yeah, so fight on. <laughs> awesome. I love it. Uh, for everyone listening, um, guys, thank you for being with us. London, don't go, don't go anywhere. And for everyone else, thank you. Peace, blessings. Stay inspired, everybody.